It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. Well, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Darlene Kavist, licensed nutritionist, certified nutrition specialist, and host of Dishing Up Nutrition. For the past 12 years, 12 years, think about that, we have been bringing you life-changing nutrition information every Saturday morning, and we have to get up early to do it. You know, I have learned a lot. Oh, I have learned a lot. And I hope you have, too. You know, some of our long-term listeners, I hope you have benefited from listening. It is truly my passion to educate anyone who will listen to me about the importance of eating real food. You know, it's a very simple message, but it is a powerful message. It is. And, you know, Dar, you said you've been hosting this radio program for the past 12 years. I think it was about 11 years ago that I was driving around the Twin Cities one Saturday morning, (laughs) running some errands, Mm -hmm. flipping through the FM radio dial, looking for a good song. And I came across 107.1 for the first time. And what did you think? And your voice was on. And, and I thought you were off your rocker. I'm like, <laughs> well, my husband was with me and I said, did you hear what that crazy lady just said? Right. And you were talking about eating real butter and heavy cream. And, yep. You know, exactly. I, I was out there at that point in my life teaching what college courses had taught me, which was still the low, low fat, fat message, which mm-hmm. is sad. And, um, and probably the diet pop message. Yes. Yes. And the diet pop message. But mm-hmm. But uh, I am so privileged now here 11 years after hearing you that first time to be a co-host on Dishing Up Nutrition. And if you haven't recognized my voice yet, I'm Cassie Weenus, registered and licensed dietitian. And I know Dar and myself and the entire staff at Nutritional Weight and Wellness wants to thank you for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Every week, we want to thank you for sharing it with your friends and for your family with your family. And now, what you're waiting for, let's get into our topic for today. To take us into our topic, I have a question for the listeners. When you look in the mirror, when you're brushing your hair, looking in the mirror, do you look closely and say to yourself, oh my goodness, my hair is getting thin. Mm -hmm. I'm afraid I'll end up with bald spots. If this resonates with you, if you've done this before, we have some solutions. So it's kind of interesting, Cassie, when you think about that. I know, you know, because we work with clients, and Alyssa, you work with clients. Yes, I do. We see, we hear that comment, oh, my hair is getting thin. Mm-hmm. 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 So if, if you are seeing more strands of hair on your brush than usual, you're not alone. About 80 million Americans experience male or female pattern baldness. Isn't that amazing? It is amazing. It's a lot of people. So our show today is all about some of the reasons for hair loss and some of the solutions. I'm Alyssa O'Brien, registered and licensed dietitian, and I'm pleased to tell you that research has found that it is possible to get your hair to grow grow back through dietary changes. Just think about that. It is possible for your hair to grow back. And, you know, we didn't say this before, but this is Alyssa's very first time on the show. You can't tell. She's got a great radio voice. (laughs) So if your hair is thinning, you know, as a nutritionist, I would hope you look to nutrition first. So what is the number one nutritional reason for thinning hair? 
Well, when we look at all of the research on hair growth and certainly our own experience, our clinical experience at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, we find that it is simply that people are not eating enough protein. And we all know, we've seen it, we've heard it, as we get older, as we age, we tend to start to eat less. And part of that eating less usually means we're eating less meat, less eggs, less of those animal proteins. So Cassie, you grew up on a ranch. Where was that ranch again? What state was that in? Central North Dakota. Still okay. still running and larger than ever. And you worked for the beef consul too, didn't you? I did. So, and you know, I know you're always saying this. Where's the beef? <laughs> it's on my plate usually. <laughs> <laughs> but listeners, you know, you don't have to eat only beef to grow your hair. Because, you know, we got some people that think beef is bad. I don't know where they ever got that message. They're crazy Not for people. this radio show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you can eat chicken and turkey and salmon and right. lamb and seafood and eggs. Any of those will qualify for good, strong hair. Any protein will do. And it is really important to eat animal protein to support hair growth. So you might be wondering, well, exactly how much protein do I need to get to get my hair to grow back? Mm-hmm. That's so a good question. It is a really good question. And as a nutritionist, I recommend, recommend about 14, about 14 ounces of protein a day. So that's a little over three palm-sized portions per day. Right. Yes. And I'm glad you said that, Alyssa, because, you know, we're not going to sit down and eat 14 ounces at once or we're not recommending you do that anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. We're, we're breaking it up into portion sizes throughout the day. So thinking about that, let's start with breakfast. Think about what protein would you be willing to eat for breakfast? Maybe a couple of eggs sounds good to you and you could fry up some bacon with that. Sounds good to me. Sounds great. Oh. But if you're not an eggs and bacon person, maybe some smoked salmon with a little cream cheese. You could sort of do lox without the bagel. Now, my favorite, one of my favorite breakfasts, breakfast is my most favorite meal of the day. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite things to have is a leftover grass-fed hamburger from dinner the day before. And then I might have a few small leftover organic baby red potatoes with that. Mm-hmm. Or if I have leftover roasted sweet potatoes, that's really my favorite Excuse me. But the the fact is your hair needs about three ounces of protein for breakfast. So that's about the size of a deck of cards or as Alyssa was saying, the size of the palm of your hand. Now, Alyssa, so I shared my favorite breakfast. I've heard that you make a protein bowl for breakfast, which sounds delicious. Mm -hmm. Also sounds a lot (laughs) different and a lot healthier than a bowl of dry breakfast cereal. So share with us what's in your protein bowl. Sure, sure. I would love to. I We do make a protein bowl. It's sort of like a brothy protein bowl in the morning. And we do something similar. We use leftovers. So we'll take leftover ground turkey, mm-hmm. leftover pork. We'll throw some bone broth in there if we have it or some chicken broth, the box chicken broth. Okay. Just to make a warm soup type breakfast. It's really delicious. We'll throw some veggies in there, warm that all together. And then sometimes we'll even top it with kimchi or sauerkraut. Wow. I know. It's so warm and delicious. My husband and I both love it. And it's full of protein. Well, and that bone broth piece. I mean, we could do Mm -hmm. a whole show just on that, but that's so great for hair, hair growth, and a million other things. Yes, Mm -hmm. it is. It has a lot of minerals in it, and it has a lot of the amino acids that are really important for hair and skin. Yum. So, you know, I think one of the things as a nutritionist, we find that many women, I mean, just a lot of women, 
they eat very little protein daily. You know, as you're listening, think about this. You know, are you only eating maybe three or four ounces of protein at dinner for the entire day? We see that all the time, don't we? You know, and many of you may be thinking, what exactly happens to my hair when I don't get enough protein? Well, you may first experience dull-looking hair and then thinning hair that breaks easily because you're not eating sufficient amount of protein. You know, way back in 2010, the American Academy of Dermatology reported that when you don't get enough protein in your diet, your body starts to ration the protein it has available and potentially, potentially, it reduces your hair growth. So your body is really smart, isn't it? It just kind of moves the amount of protein that your body needs and obviously, it thinks hair is not that important. Hair is not its top priority, <laughs> even though it might be your top priority. Dar, I looked at that study, too, and it went on to say that with a lack of protein, our hair basically starts to become older, more tired, and gets brittle over time. And if you continue to eat a low-protein diet, let's say you do it for two or three months straight or even more, you're going to start to see signs of hair loss, most likely, So I think the big question is, if you want healthy, thick hair, how are you going to start eating more protein so that you can see your hair grow and get thicker? So do you think we have time to go into that in detail before break, Cassie? Or should we? I think we could uh, give a quick lunch idea and then we probably do need to go to break. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. So we gave you some breakfast ideas. So what do you think you could take with you or make for lunch? Personally, I like taking leftovers from dinner, or sometimes I'll pick up a rotisserie chicken and I'll make a chicken salad with that. Throw some celery in there, some grapes, some safflower mayo. It's really delicious. That sounds delicious. And it is easy, isn't it? Really easy. easy. And that's important. All right. Well, you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. We're a company providing life-changing nutrition education classes and life-changing nutrition counseling. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, starting the week of May 8th, our Nutrition for Weight Loss series is available for you to sign up. Let me share what another class member wrote from a previous series. You know, we always ask this question. Why did you choose our Nutrition for Weight Loss program? And this is what Mary said. I have I have a lot of pain and inflammation, and I've heard on the radio show that eating properly can help those issues. So after taking the 12-class series, here's what Mary said about her results. I have more energy, less pain, less gas, and no diarrhea. My mood is more stable, fewer headaches, no cravings, and no binging. I just feel better all over. And I lost 33 pounds. She's a new woman. She is. Oh, my gosh. Isn't it amazing that all of these results were from simply eating real fruit food, you know, getting out the processed food, not starving yourself. Oh, you can't starve. No, feeling satisfied and eating real food. If you want to learn more about the Nutrition for Weight Loss program, you can call the ladies at the St. Paul office this morning at 651-699-3438. You can also read more about it and I think sign up 
online, right? Mm-hmm, Can't they can. sign up online at weightandwellness.com. Now, we had a caller over break. She didn't have time to be on the air, but she had a question about protein, and she wanted to know how do ounces equate to grams? Mm-hmm. Because we were mentioning before break... Ounces. Yeah, ounces. Three three to four ounces for most women is a good amount to shoot for, and she was wondering grams. Mm-hmm. We know that one ounce of animal protein, and we're talking animal protein mm-hmm. when we're talking about regrowing your hair, one ounce equals seven grams. Right, so, exactly. Right? So as we were saying during break, when I have that leftover um, grass-fed hamburger patty in the morning for breakfast, I'm getting 28 grams because I shoot for four ounces. Okay, 28 grams, Mm -hmm. yes. But, you know, as Alyssa was saying, if you're eating real animal protein like that hamburger patty or maybe a leftover chicken breast... You really don't need to know grams because we're talking about about, yeah three to four ounces. If you want to weigh it, it's three to four ounces. But you always have a handy guide with you. Just look at the size of the palm of your hand and about that thickness. And that's about how much animal protein you want to strive for at each meal. And so the other thing that we really recommend is not only just eating it for breakfast, but we also recommend eating some protein for snacks, don't we, Cassie? Yes, yes. You know, to get that 14 ounces, at least, that Alyssa had talked about earlier across a whole day, you have to be getting some protein at your snacks, too. So one idea, something I will sometimes do, is to make up several protein shakes at one time. And I might freeze them or or I might just store them in the fridge in glass uh, canning jars. And then I have these grab-and-go snacks. Now, for me, because I'm sensitive to the whey protein, whey comes from dairy and I have a dairy sensitivity, I don't use the whey protein powder. I use the paleo protein powder. And so, Cassie, where does that come from? Do we really want to tell them? Yes, it comes. It comes from beef. Beef. Which I will tell you at first, when we started carrying this, and I come from a cattle ranch, as you mentioned, I worked for the Beef Council. I love my meat, but I heard that there was a protein powder made from beef, and I just thought, ew. Mm-hmm. But it's great, isn't it? But then when I found I had the sensitivity to weigh and I tried it, it's delicious and it works great for me. And I'm sure there are a lot of listeners out there using it as well. So I put that paleo protein powder in the blender. I put some canned coconut milk in the blender for my healthy fat and add frozen fruit, blend it up for a couple minutes. It's delicious and it's so easy. And, you know, I've had clients tell me that if they have a protein shake in the afternoon for a snack, it replaces the two or three cookies that they typically would have had for an afternoon snack. I bet we have a lot of listeners thinking, hmm, oh, yes. That might work, right? (laughs) And it does almost feel like you're having a treat. The protein shake is delicious. And I just want to stress, you don't want to skip your snacks. Ideally, you should be eating a morning snack and an afternoon snack. And, you know, something I'll do, and this might sound a little weird, but hey, maybe I'm a little weird. (laughs) Every once in a while, I will stop to take an assessment of what I'm eating, you know, maybe a couple times a month to just ask myself, okay, how am I doing? Am I getting that breakfast, that morning snack, that lunch? Basically to say to yourself, have I fallen into skipping my snacks or have I even fallen into skipping my meals? I know. And I think we have to take that assessment every Mm -hmm. once in a while. Well, especially if life gets crazy, you know, Mm -hmm. sometimes life gets crazy, throws you for a loop and then you do get out of your routine and, and that hair could start falling out, but other bad things can happen too. I know for me, if I start skipping meals, my immune system really goes down. Mm -hmm. 
And so then if there's a cold virus or, or influenza being passed around, I'm going to get it. So, I, you know, we really encourage people to take that assessment of well, how are you doing, you know, and just so you don't forget some of these things. Right. So here's an idea for that I do for my snacks. Because I like the real meat because I feel that that's more healing. Mm -hmm. And so I like to grill up some steak or chicken, chicken breast and and just, you know, even some pork, cut it into small bite sized pieces. And I weigh out three ounces. I mean, we say two to three ounces, but for for healing, I think three ounces is a little bit better. Mm -hmm. You know, to go with that, I add a cup of raw vegetables and some people say I eat more vegetables than anyone they know. <laughs> but I also need something that has a little more carbohydrate in it. So I have a sliced apple or maybe nine grapes. But I slice the apple and I dip it into two tablespoons, two tablespoons of peanut butter or almond butter. And yes, it does take some work to plan and to prep. But I say to myself, I'm worth it. You know, to stay well or get well. I believe we all must say to yourself, I am worth it. And we have to keep saying that Mm -hmm. to ourselves. Especially as women, I think. I think so, too. Mm -hmm. You know, I read a quote, and I won't be able to say it verbatim, but it was a week or so ago I came across this quote, and it was something about mothers and how the best mothers take time out for themselves, too. Mm -hmm. And that's so true, and it's really what you're saying. You need to say to yourself, I'm worth it. Take some time to prep and plan and eat good food because it's going to make you a better person, a better you know, a better mm-hmm. wife, a better mother, and, a better husband. Yeah. And hopefully it will make a difference in your longevity so that you can be participating in life longer. Mm-hmm. With quality. With quality. With quality yeah, of I've life. Had, I've had that feedback quite a bit from clients saying that eating this way makes them a better mom. They have more patience. And yes. it just, they're taking time for themselves, so they have time for others. And better energy and mm-hmm. better moods. Exactly. So, yes, we encourage all of you listening to take an assessment of what you're eating and really think about how much animal protein you're getting in a day. And if you need to add more protein to give your hair a jump start, then stop and figure out what proteins do you like to eat? Because we want this to be enjoyable, right? Food should be enjoyable. And get your protein intake up to at least 12 ounces a day. Alyssa mentioned 14. I probably get more like 16 But it's all about baby steps. Mm -hmm. So if you're not eating much animal protein right now, get at least 12 ounces a day and watch your hair come back to life. So you're probably getting the point now. You understand to have healthy hair. You need to eat enough protein. But you still might be wondering, is there really, really science behind eating sufficient protein and having thicker, stronger hair? Oh, I bet there's people out there thinking that. Mm-hmm. What's the science? Yeah, is this really true? <laughs> well, there there is science to back this up. An essential component of hair is keratin, which makes up the hair follicle and the hair shaft. So we know keratin is made from protein, and it requires all 18 amino acids. And that's a really important point, I think, Alyssa. 18 amino acids, which come from, Cassie? Animal protein. <laughs> <laughs> And it gets even more technical than that. But the bottom line is that it's all about how much protein you eat. So think about how much protein you're eating today and then make a concerted effort to eat at least 12 ounces of protein a day. So 14 to 16 ounces is really better. But start with an amount that you're comfortable with and then just gradually increase and make it real. Keep it simple. 
and take, keep taking that assessment because it's so easy to slide back into those those bad, old habits. Uh, bad, I guess I was going to say bad, but it's better to say old habits. Those old habits, exactly. We're going to take another break, ladies. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you're just joining us, we're discussing the cause of hair thinning and hair loss. And the good news is we're talking about some possible nutrition solutions. And if you have questions for us today about this topic, you can call us here at the studio at 651 651- Six four one one zero seven one. Hey, cravings! What's up? Not you, cause I'm taking you down. Oh, didn't see that coming. Because I've always buckled under your pressure. Well, this is my house now. So bring it, ice cream. You want a piece of me, cake? I see you in the pantry, potato chips. See, this super chick got herself to nutritional weight and wellness and learned that cravings aren't a willpower thing, more like a blood sugar, mineral deficiency, digestive thing. And eating in balance slays the beast. Animal protein. Healthy fats. Vegetable carbs. The temptation taming trifecta. Make you shrink and me shine. Do I feel deprived? (laughs) Not when I'm armed with my nutritional weight and wellness num-num chucks. So step off, cravings, or I'll swing you into oblivion. I guess I better clean this up. Learn how to conquer your cravings with the Nutrition for Weight Loss program at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, on-site or online. Visit weightandwellness.com. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, last week on Dishing Up Nutrition, we learned that you need sufficient zinc and selenium for your thyroid to function. You know, this week we're learning that sufficient zinc is needed for strong hair. Having a sufficient amount of minerals is so important for good health. I think a lot of people forget about minerals. And currently we're offering a class called The Magic of Minerals at all of our seven locations. And this is the great part. The cost is only $12.50. That is so, <clears throat> excuse me, you dar to offer a class. It is a great For a class. price that doesn't make the company money, but we, yes. get the, we get great information out to people that need it. So really, I researched and I created the class. So that you can understand how important it is to eat, to have sufficient amount of minerals in your body and in your brain. It is a great class and your brain does need those minerals. And I agree with you. People don't, I don't think people realize what all the minerals are, let alone what they do, let alone where to find them in your food choices. So Magic of Minerals is a great class. I encourage everybody to choose a night and a location if you live here locally Maybe grab a friend or a family member and come to one of our seven locations to take this magic of minerals class. And if you want to, excuse me, I'm having a little throat issue today. I need my lemon tea that I left at home. If you're interested in signing up, you can call the girls at the office this morning at 651-699-3438. Now, because this is a half price special, some of the classes are already full. So don't wait. Call now so that you don't miss out. So another thing that's happening on Saturday, May 20th, that's not very far away. No. Kate, Diane, and I will be teaching our five-hour menopause survival seminar at the St. Paul office. You know, in that seminar, we often quote Dr. Christiane Northrup, the author of The Wisdom of Menopause, in her recent book. She's books. She's always putting out a new book. But anyway, she's got The Goddesses Never Age. She talks about ageless hair. Isn't that great? I love that title. (laughs) Goddesses never age. So Dr. Northrop wrote, if you're losing your hair, 
It may be because you have a hormone imbalance, particularly one brought on by a thyroid imbalance or too much sugar and insulin and a lack of iodine. This right. was just in one sentence, she said, all that. Did she take a breath? I wonder when she... <laughs> <laughs> and she went on to say that when you have too much insulin, which we know is our master hormone, when you have too much insulin and too much estrogen, you can experience male pattern bald- baldness, even Ca- if you're a female. Cassie, you just said too much estrogen. Right. Could cause baldness. And, p- and women think they're not getting enough, right, mm-hmm. when they're going through menopause, but... Often women in this country, even at that menopause age, have too much estrogen and it can cause this or be a contributing factor to this male pattern baldness. Too much estrogen, too much insulin. That's uh, another thing that Dr. North, she's really a very wise medical doctor who has found that for some women, excess sugar often leads to insulin resistance. You know, I think we've said that many, many times. And it leads to inflammation of the thyroid to hormonal imbalances. So once again, take an assessment of your diet and you may find that you need to start eating less sugar, fewer processed carbs and desserts. And remember, you're doing it for your hair. That's a new way to look at things. (laughs) And that motivates people. It does. Yeah. And an interesting thing that Dr. Northrup also said was that like kind of what you were saying, Dar, is that very often the problem is sugar in the diet and not enough iodine. So you probably know where sugar comes from, but where do we get iodine? We're talking about fish, sea vegetables. Where else would we get iodine? Well, I think, um, well, you know, one of the things that we put, we shake on our our things every day, a little bit of salt. Iodized sea salt. Yes, iodized sea salt. So with too much sugar and not enough iodine, you end up with metabolites that fit in hormone receptors and shut down sensitive hair follicles. That's not a good thing. No, and we should probably back up a bit and say, okay, what are metabolites? That might have tripped some people up. So I think what Dr. Northrop is getting at here, she considers metabolites to be waste products that can be toxic to your hair follicles. So think sugar, right? Sugar is very toxic to your hair follicles. So, you know, if we keep thinking about this, we keep thinking, you know, people are, you always have to kind of look at, you always take assessment of what you're really doing, you know, and really look at what you're eating and how it is really affecting your hair. So I think what we're looking at, again, for most people is, they're looking at how much sugar that they're really taking in, how many, how much processed carbohydrates are they eating? You know, are they eating breakfast cereal or are they eating Alyssa's bone broth protein meat, bowl pro, protein bowl for breakfast? Mm-hmm. You know, what are you really doing to make sure that your hair is going to have all the things that it needs to grow? Right, right. Um, and Dar, I think you wanted to share a comment from a Nutrition for Weight Loss member. Was there something you wanted to share about? I I know you gave us some notes here about one of your Nutrition for Weight Loss members who took the 12-week series. Yes, I do. And, yes, yeah. I do. You know, um, 
basically, you know, we're really pleased to, with all the nutrition classes we teach each month. And, you know, I really, I still go back and I look over all the evaluations from the class members. And I actually save some of the best ones. So I saved this comment from a class member who took nutrition for weight loss, you know, maybe several series ago. And this was her second 12-week series for this client. So it was over a six-month period, you know, because things don't happen overnight. No. And here's what she wrote. You know, what after she took the classes a couple of times, she says, I left, I have less digestive issues, more energy. My skin is so clear after years of struggling, and my hair is starting to get thick again. Thank you, she said. You know, many of our class members and clients are so thankful when they discover that by eating better, just eating better, mm-hmm. they can restore their hair growth. And for some reason, that is so important for people. Well, especially mm-hmm. for women, because it is, I don't know what to say, an embarrassment if you're a woman experiencing male pattern baldness, but it seems to be getting more prevalent. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. it is definitely. Yeah. And definitely I, for women. Right. And I noticed a difference. I, I was a vegetarian for a while, and I, I certainly noticed a difference when I added back animal protein. My hair got thicker. Oh, my right. gosh. Mm-hmm. I guess awesome. I didn't notice it when I was a vegetarian that it was that it was starting to starting thin. to be thin. And then adding back more animal protein, my hair got, got thicker, noticeably thicker. Yes. There's so. a motivator for mm-hmm. all you listening. <laughs> Eat your beef or whatever protein you like. So now let's get back to some more technical information. I love the technical information. So I was really, really surprised to learn that every part of my body requires the thyroid hormone for proper functioning. And that includes my hair follicles. I had no idea. Yes. And, I know. and actually, in a study that was reported in the Journal of Clinical Metabolism, the researchers found that hair follicles need the right type of thyroid hormone. So you need the right type. And we know that you need just the right amount, not too little, not too much, so that hair loss doesn't occur. Because you know what? Hair loss can occur when your thyroid is underworking, like hypothyroidism, but it can also occur with hyperthyroidism, and it can occur with Hashimoto thyroid disease. So if you do have hair loss, we really recommend that you ask your doctor to do a complete thyroid panel, which means you want them to test your TSH, your T4 and your T3. You know, sometimes the doctor will say, I'm going to run a thyroid test and they'll just test the TSH. Be sure that if you go in to ask for a thyroid test, you ask for the T4 and the T3 as well. And then personally, I would encourage you to bring those numbers into one of us at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, one of us nutritionists or registered dietitians so that we can help you understand those test results Because everybody is unique and everybody needs to address those test results differently. You know, your thyroid needs zinc to be healthy. It needs the right amount of selenium. Your thyroid also needs essential fatty acids. So there's a lot of different pieces to the puzzle. Exactly. So when we're working with people, we always strive to help our clients understand how they're going to jumpstart their hair. So that hair growth. So they need, we know they need protein. And I think we've covered that really well today. But they also need healthy fats. And I think so many women have a bad habit of picking only fat-free or low-fat foods. Think of that as a bad habit. It is a bad habit. Clinically, we have found low-fat and fat-free 
is not good for hair growth. And I have a couple thoughts on that, Dar, but we're going to go to break first. And when we come back, I'll share those thoughts with you. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you're just joining us, we're discussing causes and solutions for hair thinning and hair loss. And we'll be back in a few minutes. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, again, on May 20th, we're offering our Menopause Survival Seminar at our St. Paul location on Snelling and Summit. And I think, Cassie, we had a a caller, didn't we? We did. We had somebody call that, for whatever reason, didn't want to go on air, and they were wondering if that Menopause Survival Seminar is good for ladies in perimenopause. Definitely. I mean, I would say that in the past seminars, we've had people from the age of maybe 30 all the way up into late 80s because they come, maybe they're in postmenopause, but they're coming because they want to know about osteoporosis and how they can protect their bones. And those are some of the things that we cover. I mean, we cover so many things in that five-hour seminar. Yeah, but it and goes fast. It does. So I'm going to be teaching it along with Kate Crosby, and she's a nutrition counselor, Diane Forslund, who is a nutrition educator and a nurse, and we'll be covering causes and solutions for things like hot flashes, incontinence, mood swings, sleep issues, weight gain, and of course, hair thinning and hair loss. In addition, we'll serve you a delicious organic lunch and snacks, and we'll have a lot of fun. So we always look at the brighter side of menopause. You got to laugh a little bit about it, right? <laughs> yes, you do make a few jokes. Yeah, it is a fun class. If you're thinking you might want to come, I encourage you not to wait because every time that I've heard of the menopause survival seminar being offered, it has been a full house. And in fact, we've had to put some people on a waiting list at times. So if you're at all interested, call the St. Paul office at 651-699-3438 to sign up. Guarantee your spot. Um, you can also sign up online at weightandwellness.com. And I know before we went on break, Cassie, we were going to move into low-fat eating and what Oh yes, a bad you, habit. You were saying it's a bad habit, and it just brought back the memory of my college courses and how I was taught... I was taught low-fat eating was the healthy way to eat, so of course that's what I went out and taught when I graduated. And I just... It makes me sad to think back to that. And I also remember being taught that if you are dealing with somebody, now this isn't the right way to go, I'm just repeating what I was taught in college. If you're dealing with somebody that has diabetes and they are addicted to their full sugar soda, at least get them to switch to diet. Mm -hmm. And I did that many times with diabetic clients before I found nutritional weight and wellness and I could just kick myself because now I know that was worse for them than the full sugar soda. And I'm sure most of the nutrition followers that are listening have either heard or read about the risk factors of diet pop. But in case there's anybody out there unaware, I want to share a pretty recent study that came out. It was done at the Boston University School of Medicine. It was recently published in the American Heart Association's journal called Stroke. And this research found that people who drank just one diet pop a day Now, I know a lot of people that drink more than one, right? But this study said even if you're just drinking one diet soda a day, you are nearly three times as likely to be diagnosed with dementia compared to those people who don't drink diet pop. So, Cassie, you know that uh, because of some of my health issues, I 
have to go in and have a blood draw or blood test every couple of weeks. So I sit in this room, this lab with people, and I am just shocked at the amount of a number of people that are drinking soda, either yeah. whether it's sugar soda or diet soda that are sitting in there. It is shocking. I go, what are you guys what doing? You You're thinking? not well. What are you doing? And, oh. you know, it's just, and so, you know, you just said, if you if you drink one, one. Uh, one diet soda a day, you're nearly th- three times as likely to have dementia. If that's not motivation to <laughs> to quit the diet pop, I don't know what is. The study also showed that people that drink anywhere between one to six diet <laughs> drinks in a week period were more than twice as likely to experience an ischemic stroke than those who didn't drink any diet pop. Now, some people might not know what ischemic stroke means, so I think we'll just get that out of the way, right, and explain that right away. (laughs) That sounds like a good idea. (laughs) It's kind of a mouthful. Um, An ischemic stroke is basically any stroke that occurs from a blockage in a blood vessel that supplies blood to the brain. Mm -hmm. It's not the blood vessel breaking open and hemorrhaging. It's a blockage. That's what ischemic stroke means. But anyway, back to this study, the bottom line is, they found a strong link, not a causation, but a strong link between people drinking diet pop and dementia and people drinking diet pop and stroke. So at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, we would say if you are drinking diet pop, like the people that you're mm-hmm. seeing in that lab room for the blood draws, you are engaging in risky behavior. Risky behavior. And that interesting? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I stole that from you. Risky behavior. <laughs> That's a good one. And there are so many alternatives, too, to drinking soda and diet pop. You know, sparkling water with a little lemon. Yes. And there's yeah. even exactly. cola-flavored stevia drops. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, can... I'm into the stevia drops right now. Right. I think I have the chocolate raspberry one at home. So there's ways, healthy there's ways, ways to jazz it. up your water. Oh, yeah. 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 Or, or there's just water. Or there's, or there's some water. days just a big glass of water. Yes. I'm a big fan of water. <laughs> going back to having healthy hair, though. So you need to eat healthy fats, too. So we're talking about um, no more low-fat dieting, no more low-fat foods. We need to have those healthy fats. So I know, I do know this message is getting out now because my clients are coming in now and they're eating butter again. They're telling me that they're having um, real fats and they're not eating margarine. They're not eating bacon and eggs. They're they're not eating cereal. They're instead having bacon and eggs. And not afraid of the fat Not the afraid bacon. of the, the egg yolk. That message is getting out, and yet there are still the low-fat people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. true. They're having olive oil dressings, and they're not buying that low-fat, artificially sweetened dressing anymore. So finally, people are starting to understand that good fat is needed for good health. I think a lot of the people that have been listening to the show for the last... 12 years, <laughs> yes. and also taking a lot of our classes, they truly understand that they need healthy fats for all kinds of different body functions and for different reasons, but certainly for their hair. Yes. So let's take a deeper look at fats for good, healthy hair. Research reported in the Journal of Cosmetic Dermatology in 2015, so this is an old research, found that after taking both omega-3, and we think of omega-3 as fish oil. Fish oil. And omega-6 GLA, which is from borage oil, for six months. Now listen to this. This is amazing. 86% of the people in the study reported improvement in hair growth 
and 87% of the people reported thicker hair. Wow. Big percentages. That's amazing. Uh, And when I see women in the office who want better hair, I usually suggest, I definitely suggest getting essential fatty acids. So I'll say four to six soft gel capsules of omega-3 fish oil and maybe four to six soft gels of omega-6 GLA. So I think that's a kind of an amazing amount of oils that people, a lot of times when people come in, we'll say, how many omega-3s are you taking? And they'll say, what will they usually say? One, maybe <laughs> one, one or two. One or two, maybe two. Usually it is one. Well, that's helpful, but it isn't helpful enough for hair growth. It's not a therapeutic dose. So we mm-hmm. would say, let's move that up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Let's move that up to maybe having two for breakfast and two at dinner time, and get four in. Yep. And that's when, you know, Alyssa, you had mentioned earlier in the show that when you went from being a vegetarian to eating meat, you mm-hmm. noticed your hair got thicker. Mm-hmm. I noticed that if I don't take my fish oil regularly, my hair gets really dull and sort of, I don't know if brittle's the word or just sort of frizzy. So I've really made that connection too, that the fish oil, just as this research is showing, really makes a difference. And there are so many other reasons. I mean, we don't even have time in an hour, do we, Dar, to get to all the reasons for poor hair growth. We didn't really talk in depth about lack of zinc, but a large percentage of Americans are deficient in zinc. I think there's like what, I think our classes talk about 73% of people in this country are deficient in zinc. And iron is really high too Mm -hmm. in terms of, the percentages in this country that are low in iron. And that's another reason why your hair might not be growing well. Um, Low levels of vitamin D. So have your vitamin D checked. And if you're worried about your hair growth, come in and see us at Nutritional Weight and Wellness. And also we want to invite you to join Dar and Brenna next week as they interview author Dr. Rob Silver. Silverman. Silverman. And they're going to talk about relief from muscle pain and muscle spasms. So, you know, our goal at Nutritional Weight and Wellness is to help each and every person experience better health through eating real food. I always say it's a simple but powerful message. Eating real food is life-changing. Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please share your favorite episodes with a friend or leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Product statements have not been evaluated by the FDA.